0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com.
1: So today, I want to look at the very first church service in the Bible. And I want to talk to you today about um, what, what, uh, what I, what I title it, guys? What's it like? That's what I was going to title that, what's it like. You guys Ready? Tap your and say, what's it like? What's it like? I want to talk about it. Because the truth is, if you talk about Marie calendars, everybody knows what it's like. You're going to get some pie. Can I get an amen? Someone says fire department. Everyone has the same mental picture with the big doors and the red trucks. It all looks the same in our heads. We... We say, hey, what's it like? What's Starbucks? We have a picture of, our, of Starbucks in our head. We, we go, hey, what's it like? What's it like at the zoo? Come on, the picture of the zoo pops into our head. But for some reason, the church, maybe more than any other thing in the world, when you say, I go to a church, and about 1,600 different pictures pop into people's heads. Some people think of Sister Bertha playing the organ, the hymnal books. Yeah, Bertha's saying, if you don't like this music, you ain't gonna like heaven. And you're thinking to yourself, maybe I won't. <laughs> it's like this, I probably won't. But I do believe that God wants us to have a pure picture. He wants us to have a clear picture. I was even praying last night for us. I said, God, when you go to the mountain lakes, you can see down 50, 60, 100 feet. The water is clear. I believe many times when we look at the things of God, it's the waters are so muddied. They're muddied with bad models. They're, they're muddied with scandals and people that have taken advantage of God's truths. And I'm asking God in Orange County, would you give us some clean water? Can I get an amen? I'm not going to be the little kid from science saying water's contaminated. Come on. Can I get an amen? It's a targeted joke. You guys ready to go? All right, we're going to have a good time today, so you can remind your face you're excited about today. You guys ready? All right, Genesis chapter 28, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to read uh, 11 verses, after I read 11 verses, the very first church service in the Bible, very, very historic, and I'm going to talk to you today about what I believe God wants us to see, what he wants us to say, what he wants us to, um, there's a couple other points in there that start with an S, it's going to be good, and everyone said amen. You love your pastor, he forgets his messages, it's going to be good, I promise. So if you have your Bible today, why don't you join with me? Let's read this together. Uh, Genesis chapter 28. It says this in verse 10. Now Jacob, he went from Beersheba. My younger days, I'd make a joke there called it Miller Lite Sheba. But I've grown up since then. From Beersheba and went to Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night. Caused the sun to set there. And he took one of the stones from that place and he put it under his head. We're talking about Jacob. Who are we talking about? So Jacob puts a stone under his head in that place. Uses it as a pillow, lays down, falls asleep. How many can identify with a church service that involves sleep? Don't raise your hands. Says this, then he dreamed. And behold, a ladder in his dream was set up. The top of the ladder reached heaven. There was angels going up and there was angels of God going down on the ladder. Behold, the Lord stood at the top. Above it, he said this, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. And the land that you're lying on, I will give to you, to your descendants. Also to your descendants, they're going to be like the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is still true today. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Behold, God says, I am with you. I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Jacob woke up from his sleep. He said, Surely, this is what some of you would say today when you leave this church. Surely, God is in this place, and I did not even know it. Crazy. He was afraid. He said, How awesome! First description of, of the church. What's, what he, what's he say? How? Man, how many people have messed up what the church is supposed to be? It's supposed to be defined as a, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is Bethel. This is the house of God. This is the gateway, the gateway of heaven. Hell has gates, but heaven has a gate. Watch what it says. That Jacob rose early in the morning. He took a stone, put it under his, uh, his head, set it up as a pillar. He set the stone as a pillar. He poured, he poured oil on top of it. He poured what? Oil. oil on top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel, the house of God. That's what it means in the Hebrew language. He called the name of the place Bethel, and in that city had been previously called Luz. Jacob made a vow. He said, God, if you do this, I'll do that. That's what he says. God, if you'll be with me. If you keep me in the way that I'm going, if you give me chick if you give me bread, close on Sundays. Come on. If you give me bread to eat and clothing, some skinny jeans to put on, so I come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. He took the stone which he set up as a pillar. He said, "This is going to be God's house." Watch what he says next. Audacious. God already promised to bless him, but he said, God, of all that you give me, of all. Say with me, all. all. In the Hebrew language, it actually means um, all. Powerful. He says, I will give you, of all that you give me, I will surely give you a tenth. I'll give you 10% back to you. I want to pray today. I want to talk to you today about what's it like. What is, what is um community called the church supposed to be like? In my, uh, my spoiler before I get started, I want you to write this word down, gateway, gateway. Father, I pray you'd speak to us today. Thank you for the good news, the excitement, the historic things that are happening in our midst. Thank you that we believe that we're living in a window of time that history will record, that God did some of his finest work that California has ever seen. We were part of it. God, I don't know we're not the only ones, but we're going to certainly be a part of what you're doing in this great state. God, revive this land, pour out your love, show people how real, how awesome, how good you are. God, do what only you can do today. Bless the Lakers. Jesus' name. Come on, someone said amen. amen. Hey, you gotta sneak it in there. Someone said gateway. gateway. Come on, say it like you mean it, gateway. gateway. I believe there's a lot of gateway drugs in life, for being honest. Uh, I would define a, a gateway drug in the context of not using drugs, because I know that would be uh, not wise in church. I would say pumpkin spice lattes are the gateway to Ugg boots. It's a gateway, okay? I believe Target is the gateway to credit card debt. It's a gateway. Gateways, they connect one realm to another realm. They're, they're a portal between wor- worlds. They, I, I think, like, kids are a gateway to uh, being late to places. They're gateways. Hot pockets are gateways to losing their taste in your mouth for a month. It's a gateway. I would say uh, Taco Bell is a gateway to quality time in your restroom. <laughs> it's a gateway. Um, they say sledding is a gateway. It's a gateway. Sledding is a gateway to other things, like like snow tubing, like skiing, like snowboarding. They say it's a slippery slope. <laughs> Tough crowd. It <laughs> went better in my head. Greyhound bus is the gateway to Southwest Airlines. <laughs> there's a lot of gateways. I could go all day. I got more. You guys knew all the jokes I held back. You'd think I was funnier. I, uh, I believe there's a lot of gateways. And I would tell you today that I believe that one of the greatest definitions we can give to a curious world is what is Christianity? What is community? What is the local church? What is it supposed to really be like? I've seen boring expressions. I've seen expressions that were dry, judgmental, hypocritical, mean-spirited. Some of the meanest people I've ever met in the world are Christians. You ever met a a mean Christian? You ever gone to a sporting event? Like, dude, we're not in the same family. You were raised by another father. This guy's talking about turn or burn. Last time I checked, it's the goodness of God that makes us want him not someone yelling at us that we're going to hell. I sometimes ask those guys, hey, how many guys have you led to the Lord? They're like, well, one time we heard a story. I'm like, you're giving a lot of energy for no fruit. You Change your methods up a little bit. I want you to know today that I believe you can know the scriptures and be mean if you don't know the Spirit. It is the Spirit that gives life. Many people had a bad experience with church, the idea of church, and, um, I'm telling you that, that sometimes people, they, they, they talk bad about what the church is. Oftentimes the loudest boos come from the cheapest seats. And I believe that God wants us to have a front row seat of what, what his kingdom, what his church is supposed to be all about. If you're new today and you're like, why would you try such audacious things? Why would you go after buildings and properties? And why would you try to reach so many people? There's 3.2 million people in Orange County. When we moved here, there was a cover girl from the Book of Lamentations. I mean, um, there was a mean-spirited Christian that emailed us and said, why would you start a church in Orange County? Everyone's moving to Idaho. And I'm like, well, how about for starters? Well, there's the rain. The Holy Spirit just poured out right there. It's all over. It's coming for you. You know there's, you know, there's more people in Orange County and 42 miles than there is in the state of Idaho. More souls to be reached than than my entire state that I came from. It's amazing that God wants to do his best work in his house. Today, people say, Mark, what is is church like? What's Bethel? What's the house of God supposed to be like? Well, I want to give you some simple definitions. So when your friends ask you why you like going to Oceans Church, you can give them some clearer answers. What is it like? Well, let me tell you what it's like. It's like a gateway. It's supposed to connect two worlds, and the first thing that happens when you're in a gateway is you see something you don't normally see. Say it with me, see. Jacob was in a dream, and he saw, he saw a few things. He saw a ladder. The bottom of it was on earth. The top of it was in heaven, and for some reason there was angels going up and going down, and God himself was there. Here's what I want to know is that there was a ladder from earth to heaven, and angels were going up and going down. What was being transmitted up? And what were the angels bringing back down? There seems to be activity in the house of God that somehow smuggles heaven and has a way of banishing earth. I believe that God is the God in heaven that takes the pain of earth and he pours out the peace, the virtue, and the power of heaven. That's why Jesus said, on earth as it is in If there's not sickness, tears, and, and death in heaven, would you bring some of that virtue here on earth? Some people don't realize that God wants to show you a ladder. I believe there's, there's ladders. Ladders represent God showing you things that maybe you could never think about. Ideas that are beyond your IQ, beyond your experience, beyond your education. God is a God that shows you ladders that give you ideas that are out of this world. Some people say, Mark, it's crazy. You think that Christians really should? People that have a relationship with Christ You think they should be more creative than other people? My answer is absolutely. God is the creator of everything. He made everything out of nothing. Nothing you see was not made of something that God made. So here's my question. If you have a relationship with the creator, don't you think that you should have a creative edge? I believe that God wants to give us ladders that show us things that are out of this world. I believe there's songs, there's music, there's lyrics, there's churches, there's businesses, there's ideas, there's inventions that the earth hasn't thought of yet. And I believe that God's house is where we have encounters with these latter moments. Are you hearing me today? I believe the greatest Steve Jobs, the greatest Steven Spielbergs, the greatest, the greatest innovators and thinkers and educators and government leaders, they should come out of God's house. And I don't preach in the right message because I got a 6% hand clap there. Come on, if you believe that God wants to speak to his kids, give him a hand clap. That is your birthright. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. God doesn't make any of his kids on the production line without giving them an instruction manual of what they can become. God has a purpose for every one of you. No one in this room is sucking oxygen accidentally. God has a purpose for your life. He has a plan. He wants to know you, and he wants to be known by you. He wants to use your life like a light that shines a dark world. You're supposed to be like a city on a hill that can't be hidden. And many of you today, you don't realize this, that you got to see something that's out of this world. God's house is where we see heavenly things. We see things not only like ladders. We see angels. We, we experience, maybe you don't see them physically, but you see the evidence of God's work in our lives. Anybody ever have a story? You're like, Mark, I'm telling you, man, I have a story. Should have died, should have OD'd, should have fell off the cliff, should have hit the tree, should have got divorced, should have lost my business. But there is some sort of like divine intervention. I wish someone would put a hand in the air if you could testify what I'm talking about. It's like God put me in the right place at the right time. God's house is where we're reminded that not only do we have access to to the next life. But we also have his power and his aid. The Bible calls angels ministering spirits. We're not supposed to worship angels. They're created like me and you are. But we are supposed to say, God, thank you for sending angels that take care of me. Can I get a good amen? Third thing that we see in the God's house is Jacob didn't just see a ladder, didn't just see angels. You know what else he saw? He saw the Lord. And I believe one of the things that is so empty in our society is people that have a good perspective of God. We think God is some some crazy tyrant that's sharpening lightning bolts to judge creation, trying to punish innocent people in third world nations and trying to put sickness on his kids to teach them a lesson. I want to tell you the idea of a God putting sickness on someone to teach them a lesson is like you locking your kids outside overnight to teach them gratitude, Listen to me. There's a place for people like that. It's called prison. And we don't serve a God that puts sickness on anybody. Here's the problem. We live in a fallen world. You know know what the thing that stinks about free will is? Is free will allows evil in the world. But also simultaneously free will allows something that only, really only true and pure love can be found under the guise of free will. So even though it's a gateway for evil, it's also the gateway of what means anything in life and what's joy-filled and loving. God is a God that actually wants to show us who he is. There are things in life that we don't have clean answers for. There is challenges, and there are people that die in faith, and there are things that don't happen. We risk, and God, sometimes it feels like, doesn't show up. But here's what I know is that usually faith is spelled R-I-S-K, Have you noticed that? Faith. Stepping out in faith is usually spelled risk. And what I found is when I risk, uh, usually the options begin to multiply. If I don't risk, you know what I can count on? Nothing happening. Mark, what if you pray for 100 people and no one gets healed? What if someone does? If I do nothing, I know what to expect. But if I risk, I open up the doors of opportunity. Maybe God heals them. Maybe God touches their heart. Maybe they share the story of the guy that tried and inspired the person that prayed that saw the miracle happen. We don't know, but what I do know is that when we take risks, God shows up. Can I get an amen? If I can't get a Pentecostal amen, I'll take a Baptist head nod. You give me a Presbyterian eyebrow raise or a Latter-day Saint deep breath. Come on, give me something. Telling you, we're supposed to see God In God's house. Not only did we see it. I'll tell you this. When you see God, you see angels at work in your life, and you see out of this world ideas, ladders. You know what you're going to do after you see it? Number two, you're going to say it. You know what you're going to begin to say? You're going to say this. This place is awesome. Like, Sundays is my favorite day of the week now. Is there anybody in Oceans that can testify to that? Come on, raise your hand. I need some self-esteem. I'm telling you right now. That God wants you to have an encounter with Him that is awesome. That joy I felt, it was awesome. Peace I felt, awesome. The way that God is healing my marriage right now, it's awesome. The way that He's getting a hold of my kids and dealing with their insecurities and fears and pain, it's. The way that He healed Maddie, it was, was awesome. Come on, give him a hand clap. If you believe He wants to do something awesome today. We serve a God. That shows us ladders and sends angels and shows us who he is. And when you encounter the goodness of God, you will say he is awesome. Some people say, well, Mark, why does everybody in the Bible seem to, like, be fearful or repent when they have an encounter with God or angels? It's kind of like when you think you're really good at something. You ever been there before? I thought I was good at pickleball. Okay? And then my friend Steen showed up. Steen goes to our church. He's a black belt in in pickleball. We were all thinking we are getting pretty good. Steen showed up one day, and we're like, yeah, let's just stop. You ever thought you were a good tennis player, and you played tennis with, like, a pro, and you're like, yeah, I'm done? Are you following me today? You you ever thought you were good, and then you play with, like, the best, and you're like, yeah. I I don't feel worthy. When you get around how good God is, how magnificent his presence is. You're like, we're not worthy, right? <laughs> Waynesboro. Come on, I saw you, Cindy. You have my back. I appreciate that. Oh, was a flashback. Stay with me. You see something, you say something, and when you say, you say a couple of things when you have a real encounter with God in this house is you'll say, this place is awesome. There's an awesome power. There's an awesome presence. Something like, it's good vibes. Kind of like the aura here. You got crystals around here? The answer is No. We have the spirit of God around here. Don't need no crystals when God shows up. I don't need no mediums, psychics, tarot cards. I need the spirit of God. He is the God that speaks to his kids. I want you to know that hearing God is not weird. It is the birthright of every one of God's kids. Jesus said, my sheep know My." He wants to speak. But we've gone to churches that are christianity light. Come on. Tastes good, but it's less filling. Twice the parking, but half the presence. I'm telling you, I don't want to go somewhere that there's no presence. There's no God's voice. Some of you every week, you go, Mark, God speaks to me every week. He inspires me. He corrects me. He directs me. Come on, who wants to go to church like that? God's house is where our sins go to die. It's it's where God calls us higher. It's where he inspires us and fuels us and feeds us. Listen, if you're leaving church more defeated, come on, find a new church. I'm like, you call this good news? You're just going to suffer and you just got to hold on and God's got to rescue us one day. He's going to return to rescue his bride. I'm like, dude, it's not a rescue mission. He's summonsing his wife to a wedding. There's a big difference between rescuing a broken down woman and coming for a beautiful bride. Jesus is coming back for a beautiful bride. If you believe it, come on, give him a 10-second hand clap. I believe that. It's an awesome place. God's house is a place that is like no other. You know what you'll say when you go to God's house, when you really experience the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that went to the cross, that died, and on the third day came out of the grave, who walked the earth for 40 days, being seen by 500, who actually ascended before their very eyes like Chris Angel into the sky. Who had angels saying, the same way you saw him leave, he's going to come back one day. The day will come that the trumpet will sound, and those that are dead in Christ will rise. And he's going to strike the sky, and he's going to split the sky in half. And you're going to see God coming on a white horse, fire in his eyes, hair like wool, and a tattoo on his thigh that says, come on, word of God. King of kings. I'm telling you, this is not a figment of my imagination. There is no one like him. All religions are the same. I'm, tell- I'm sorry, friends, they're not. You know why? Because that's the same logic of saying, well, all airplanes are in the airport, so they must be going to the same place. They look the same. Churches look the same. You ever see- notice that restaurants can look the same? Well, they're in a building. They have chairs. They have food. Must be the same as the other one. But you go to some restaurants, you're like, well, Del Taco's tacos are a little bit different than Javier's. You you call them both tacos, but I would argue one is not a taco. I know, too. Come on, somebody. I thought it was my my dryer that was shrinking my clothes. It turns out it was my refrigerator. Anyways, I'm telling you today, God is a God that wants to show you that when you really are a part of a faith community, listen to me, I'm, I'm telling you today, I have a conviction in this. I don't think we should drive to the churches that are closest to our house. We got to drive to the churches that are closest to the Bible. I would rather be inconvenienced with 10 10 more minutes. I know for about 78 to 80% of our church, it's going to be closer, the new bake location. But I know for probably 15 to 20% of you, it's going to be 10 minutes further. And we have this campus that's going to keep going. We'll have more information about that. But I'm just telling you guys... I, I want us to have a hunger that says, God, I'll do whatever it takes because this place is like nowhere else. Better than a Ducks game. It's better than an Angels game. It's better than a Lakers game. It's, it's better than watching the Cowboys lose. Are you hearing me today? It's like, this is, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, guys. It's better to be a Raiders fan. Come on. I'm telling you today, God, God's house is like no other. Last thing I would say as he describes, you know what he says? It's awesome. I've never been anywhere that's like God's house. And his only vernacular that he can muster up in that moment is he goes, um, this uh the steel, the angels, the ladder, the God, this is uh this is the gateway of heaven. It's like when I get in this place, I can feel the closeness of heaven. I don't know if you've ever worshiped before and you start feeling the closeness of eternity. You start praying with some other people, you start feeling the reality of eternity. You ever left a church service and said, man, I wish it would have kept going? One day it will. God made you with eternity in your hearts. That's why when you're in this atmosphere, I don't know why, I don't even know if I believe in the Bible, but I like this environment. God made you for His presence. Do you know who you really are? Some of you don't know who you are because you've never been in His presence. The truest version of who you are is actually you in the presence of God. It's like a Navy SEAL. They were made for the water. You want to see what makes a Navy SEAL? A Navy SEAL, put them in the water. You want to see what a Christian is supposed to really be like? Put them in the presence of God. You're here and you go, Mark, I want to... I want to see something that would cause me to say, this place is awesome. I've never been anywhere like it. I know there's a lot of churches. There's a lot of restaurants. Most restaurants aren't very good. But there are some restaurants I'll drive further for, and I'll pay more money to be a part of, because the quality of my experience. I believe God's kingdom is no different. It's not a weird church. We invite the ancient power of God. Some churches steward that power in a very weird way, in a very eccentric way. And our model is we're going to be naturally spiritual and spiritually natural. We're going to be a church that welcomes those in the shallow end but also has a deep end available for those that like diving boards. But we're not going to push people irresponsibly into the deep end without teaching them how to swim. That's irresponsible. And our heart would be as a church is that we would teach Orange County and beyond how to swim in God's great presence. Yeah. He says, this is the gate of heaven. I feel the closeness of God and eternity. Can I ask an honest question? Have you ever felt close to God in this tent? You ever watched online you felt the closeness of God? I've been to church before. I've ever, you ever felt like the preacher was just talking to you the whole service? You're like tapping your friend, like, do you, t- you, t- you talk about me? This guy's talking about me. You're like, no, dude, God's talking to you. Funny being a preacher because a lot of people come up to me and they'll say, That part when you said this, it just spoke to me. God was speaking to me. I'm like, I don't remember saying that. But God was probably just speaking to your heart. Isn't it crazy that we can all hear the same message today and God can give you a tailored word for each one of you? It's amazing. I'm almost finished. Are you still with me? Is I believe that we see a ladder. We see angels. We experience the Lord. We see how awesome is this place. There's nothing like it. It's a gateway to heaven. And notice what he he says about the church. The church has to be two things or it's not the church. It has to be a pillar. You know what pillars do? They do two things. They hold weight, and if you go to the ancient world, you go to Greece, you go to Egypt, you go to different parts of the ancient world, you know what's crazy? When everything else is gone, you know what's still there? The pillars. I'll tell you when the church loses her convictions when she loses her love for God's truth when she starts getting into pleasing people and not pleasing God we stop being the pillars of society first Timothy chapter 3 says that the church is the pillar and the ground of truth we're supposed to carry weight and we're supposed to outlast everybody else worlds falling apart not the church jobs falling apart not the church everything else is going crazy out there not here It feels normal in these tents, doesn't it? It's because it's a pillar. People are coming to this church, right, in the masses because they go, man, everybody else is acting crazy. But there's just a strength here. You know, God's house is a pillar. And I'm I'm not, we're not shutting the church down again. Keeping this turkey open. Yeah, oh, I offended some people right there. It's all right to offend somebody. Rather smack you with some truth and kiss you with some lies. I'm, I'm not planning on closing this thing down again. I believe eternity is real. And about 95% of the 1,500 people that got saved the last 12 months did it in these tents. So if you want to tell those 1,500 people they can go to hell, that's on you. That's not on me. We're going to keep this turkey open. Can I get an amen up in here and a hand clap? Yeah. That was controversial. Are you still with me today? You know what he wants to do? Is he wants you to say this is an awesome place. And um, it's uh, it's not only the pillar. You know what else it is? He says that he grabbed oil and he poured it on the pillar. You know what that represents? I want you to catch this because some of you didn't like church. Because it was a pillar, but there was no anointing. You know what the anointing is? Jesus Christ. It means Jesus the anointed one. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Anointed one is what Christ means. And I'll tell you right now, the anointing is the part of God's presence that you feel it's tangible. Why do we need the anointing today in the church? I'll tell you why. Because depression is tangible. Loneliness is tangible. Sorrow is tangible. Sickness is tangible. Dark, are you hearing me today? Darkness is tangible. So if we live in a world that has tangible darkness, we need to be a part of a kingdom that has a tangible anointing. I felt God. I sense God. I see God. I'm hearing God. He's here. Surely the Lord is here, and I didn't even know it. I'm more fired up than you are. That's all right. I'm telling you, He's here. He's here. It's tangible. It's His anointing. And when you begin to see what He shows you, you'll say that stuff. I feel His anointing. I feel His presence. I got the goosebumps. I got the tinglys. I feel electricity going through my body. I'm getting emotional. What is it? It's the anointing. You know what you need? You don't need more Bible knowledge. Some of you go to more Bible studies than I go to, um, I don't know, go somewhere. You just go to a lot of Bible studies, that's what I was trying to say. Um, but I'm telling you that your maturity is not gauged by how many Bible studies you go to. Yeah. How much of this book do you live out? When it says that you'll be anointed with the Holy Spirit, do you believe it? you believe you'll lay hands on sick people and God will heal them? One of my heroes said that faith is jumping off the diving board into an empty pool, believing God will fill it before you land. I believe that God wants us to take risk, to pray for sickness to be healed, to believe God for our friends that are far from God to encounter His love and mercy. Can I get an amen to that? I'm almost finished today. And when you say those things, you know what we start doing? We start to supplicate. Supplication is the word that means to request or ask, to seek. You know, what we seek in church three things, and I'll, I'll land the plane. Land the plane. I went flying this week, by the way, which was terrifying. Grateful to be here, man. Just grateful to be alive. Um, I'll tell you right now, there's three things that we should supplicate in church. Number one, we ask God for his bread. You know what he said? He goes, God, I'll make a deal. If you give me bread to eat, you give me clothes to wear, and you bring me back here in peace, he says, I'll serve you the rest of my life, and whatever you give me, I'll give you 10%. He made a deal with God. Notice his three requests. Number one, say with me, bread. You know what bread represents? It represents forgiveness. It represents healing. Listen to me, it represents Jesus. It represents the Word of God. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He says, I am the bread of heaven. Come to me, all you who are heavy. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is the God that is the bread of life. You know when you have an encounter with God in this church, you'll say, man, Jesus was there because I feel nourishment. Someone said, if you don't read your Bible, you're going to go to hell. No. What should happen then? You should get hungry. If I don't eat for two or three days, if I fast, I'll lose seven pounds, but I'll find ten after the fast is over. You know what happens after you don't eat? You get extra hungry. And I tell you today before God that He wants you to come to His house with an appetite for His bread. The Bible talks about His house being a house that gives people bread. You know that Jesus was born in the house of bread? Bethlehem. God is a God that wants to feed His sheep. If you believe it, say amen. So we're asking God today, you need forgiveness? He's going to forgive. You need healing? Come on, we're going to believe that he heals. Secondly, as he said, I don't just eat bread, I need clothes. I never got this revelation until last night when I was finishing up. I didn't realize that when Adam fell, are you still with me today? Who would give me two more minutes? Two more minutes? Two, four, six, eight. Okay, sorry, thanks. Sorry. Bad joke. Listen to me. He said, he said in Genesis, Adam and Eve, they were naked without sin. It says they were Unashamed. So we know there's no calories before the fall because they were naked and unashamed. That's another message. I want to say this, is there there was no sin and they were naked. When sin entered the world, God had to clothe them with a sacrificed animal. Notice the picture, which I've never seen this before. When Jesus went to the cross, he went into the cross innocent, wearing clothes, but he died naked for our sins. Paul speaks about God clothing us in Christ's righteousness. Do you know what happens in the presence of God? You know why you feel right with God? It's because we serve a God that 2,000 years ago died naked on a cross so that today you could be clothed in his wardrobe. The Gospel, in a short summary, is God treating Jesus the way that we deserve to be treated, so that God could treat us the way He wanted to treat Jesus. That is the Gospel. Many people don't get it, but I tell you today that God wants to clothe you in His clothes. The prodigal son says, hey, my my crazy son came home, bring out the robe, the royal robe. Listen to me, God wants to clothe you in right standing with God. You know what the clothes did for Adam and Eve? It made them acceptable in God's sight. You know what the clothes of Jesus does? It makes us acceptable in the sight of God. Jesus, forgive me and clothe me. And everyone said amen to that. Last thing we know is that we supplicate not only God, give me your bread, your forgiveness, your healing, clothe me in your righteousness. Last thing is we ask God to give us his peace. He says, Lord, if you'll bring me back here, give me peace. The word peace in English is pretty, pretty shallow. But in the Hebrew language, it means shalom. Shalom is way bigger than just peace of mind. It means completeness. It means totality. It means to be whole. Like whole foods. Come on, you know, whole paycheck? Yeah. it like whole foods. Like, it means to be whole. God wants you to be shalom. Complete. Lacking nothing. Content. Satisfied. Blessed. Prosper. Say with me, Shalom. Today, I heard the Holy Spirit say this last night. He said, Mark, tell my people that I want to forgive them. I want to heal them with my bread. I want to clothe them in the righteous clothes of Jesus Christ. And I want to actually give them a peace that is beyond their understanding. If you're here today and you say, Mark, I want to meet with God in his house. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. If you want to meet with God, just stand your feet. All over. All over. Why don't you just all stand to your feet just to keep it less awkward for those that don't want to stand? Holy peer pressure on everybody. Where else standing? Here we go. Lastly I would say, House of God, we, we see, we say, we supplicate. You know what he said after that? He says, if You give me bread, clothes, and peace, you know what I'm gonna do? I'll give you 10% of whatever I make. I'll give you of all that I have, I'll give you this. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not belaboring this because we don't listen, God doesn't need our money, but I'm telling you there's something powerful when we start giving God our time, making church a priority. You know what's sad to me? Is we teach our kids, many parents come crying to me when their kids are teenagers or college students because they want God to be the focal point of their kid's life when they showed their kids growing up that church was optional. Your kids will never take the house of God seriously if it's just an elective credit for you. If church is what you do when you're not traveling or you're not on vacation or you're not at sporting camps, if sports and travel are more important than God's house, don't be surprised when your kids grow up and they value traveling and sports more than God. That's, that's strong. But I'm just telling you, I would, I'd rather hear the truth than be kissed with lies. Amen? we got to value this house. So, today I want to pray. And uh, yeah, you know, God told me He's going to heal some buddies. Last night He was telling me, if someone has a condition in your liver, your liver's failing, it's affecting your skin color. Just close your eyes right now. I feel His presence. Holy Spirit, we invite you and ask you right now that you would affirm that this is your message by healing everyone that's sick in this tent. I pray for those that have never felt your presence. They wouldn't run out of your place. The devil's trying to get you to leave early. Just hang tight. Watch what God would do. If you don't have anywhere to go, come on, just hang tight. No one's going to, no one's going to bug you. No one's going to harass you. Just hang tight. He's here. God is going to move right now. If you're here and you say, Mark, you know what I'd love? I would love to have some of God's shalom. If you're lacking peace today, you say, Mark, would you pray for me that God would give me some of his shalom? Would you just lift your hands towards heaven? I pray for anyone that's deficient of peace today. I pray for my brothers and my sisters, my moms, my dads, my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents. I pray today that God, if they're lacking peace, if there's anxiety, worry, stress, fear, I pray for your shalom to invade these tents. Come on, if your hands are lifted today, come on, say it all over the ocean. Say, Lord, I receive your peace, your shalom in Jesus' name. If you're here and you say, Mark, I would love it if God would make me right t- today. I want to be right with God. I feel like I'm far from Him. I feel like I'm not good enough for Him. You're not. But the good news is, He's so good, He'll come to you. Don't rinse off in the sink to get in the shower. Just come to God and let God clean you up. Don't try to fix your life and come to God. Just let God come to you right where you are. If you're here today and you've never known Jesus, or you used to know God and somewhere along the way you fell off the boat, fell off track, got burned, maybe a pastor, maybe a church burned you, maybe you were part of the Catholic church, you were part of some some liturgical church and you got burned. If you're here today, maybe you're like some of us in here, you're recovering Pharisees burned fair, I was burned, man. I knew the Bible, but I was burned. If you're here and you say, Mark, I would love it if God would make me right today with him. I want to come back to him. I don't want religion. I want a relationship. You know the difference between religion and relationship is? Here's a very simple parable. Religion says when you make a bad decision, oh no, dad's going to be so mad at me, he's going to kill me. Christianity says, oh no, I made a mistake. I need to go talk to my father some of you think god is angry with you jesus wants you to come to him if you're here today and you want to be clothed with the righteous clothes of jesus god make me right with you today through the through the clothing of jesus would you raise your hands on the count of three all over the room i want to rededicate my life or for the first time i want to put my faith in jesus if you're online right now i want you to write heart if you're watching online every week five to fifteen people give their lives to jesus online If you wanna do that today, you can do that. But if you're in the tents, on the count of three, I'd ask you to raise your hands and say, God, would you make me right with you? Would you clothe me with the wardrobe of Jesus? Would you make me right because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross? Would you please fill me with your presence? I wanna be right with you. All over the tent, I'm out of time. That's me. On the count of three, would you raise your hands? One, I don't care who you are, where you come from. I pray that God would meet you where you are. Two, no one's too far. No one's too poor. No one's too rich. No one's outside of the reach of God today. Two, and right now, all over the tents. So just quietly raise your hand right now. Three, just put it up real high. That's me, that's me. God's speaking to me, and I want to respond. I want to respond to God right now. I see one, two, three, four. Keep it up. Five, six, seven. Keep it up real high. Eight, nine, ten. Keep it up real high. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Any more? 18. Anybody else? Come on, give my a hand clap in here. That's amazing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I believe there's more online even right now. There was, I think, 11 first service. I want to lead you in a prayer right now. This isn't magic. But the Bible does promise if we believe in our hearts, if we confess with our mouths, God will move in. So today, all over oceans, would you pray with those that say, I want to be clothed with Jesus. Say it all over. We're about out here. We'll get you out of here in three minutes. Say, Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you clothe me? with right standing, your righteousness today. I invite you to heal me, cleanse me, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Would you lead me from this day forward in Jesus' name? Come on, we're going we're to celebrate just a moment. Before we do, there's power here to heal. Someone in here that you've been even diagnosed recently with like a really severe condition, it's kind of like ALS, something very severe like that. God is going to heal you today. I pray for Brian. I don't know where you're at today, Brian, but I just see God even right now healing the damage on your head. You had like some sort of skull damage or an accident. or I don't know if it's like even like it was some sort of event that caused it, but I just see God even healing your skull today, Brian. Pain is going to leave. The nerve damage is going to be healed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Would you speak? Would you heal your sheep? I pray for the person that has sharp, if someone has like uh, excruciating pain, uh, down one of your legs it's your right leg just sharp pain it could be a uh, sciatic pain but I see God even healing that and there's someone that you can you can walk but you've lost feeling in your extremities your toes your feet and your legs you still walk but you you've lost feeling and I see God even right now healing the parts of your back and your in your, your neck that have the damage that have caused nerve uh, nerve damage God is healing and bringing feeling back does anybody in Orange County believe that God can heal still we invite you to heal. We invite you to heal. Yeah. I'm just going to ask, we just, I'm sorry, guys. Can we just sing this song one time, and then we'll close? I just saw God healing us. We just worship Him. Would you, if you never tried it out, just close your eyes. It's liberating. It's exhilarating. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. We'll sing this one time, three minutes. It'll get us out of here. Yeah. Won't you sing it real quick. We exalt
0: you, Jesus. the King of Blood the kid
1: Invite you into our minds, Lord. I pray you would show us ladders. Close your eyes. I pray for dreams and visions. I pray for the old man to dream dreams. I pray for the younger generation to have visions. I pray that you would show us inventions, ideas. God, give us I, give us creative solutions for the problems of the earth. Use this church to, to cause, Lord, solutions to poverty, to third world nations. And not only to bring solutions abroad, but I pray that you would use us to, Lord, help with the, uh, the homeless uh, conditions in our own cities. God, the opioid addictions in our own backyard. God, the young generation that's addicted to their phones. God, give us solutions here and now. I pray that from Orange County, from our neighborhoods, to the nations of the earth, God, you would show us ladders, you would send angels, and you would show us who you are. God, would you give us your bread would you give us your clothes and god i pray today that you would fill us with your peace holy spirit we love you i thank you that cancer is healed today i believe lord tumors were healed today sciatic issues were cured healed today and i declare that god you get all of the credit Lord, we love you so much we're excited for the future in jesus name if you are excited today it's been a good sunday amen come on give a good hand clap and grab a seat
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.